thank you for joining Paul Bartlett for Rethink It, the podcast that pushes the boundaries of thinking about leadership and life in a world that is thinking less about church. Thanks for joining me today on my Rethink It podcast. Today, I have an amazing leader, somebody who's well-known, not just throughout Australia, but around the world as well, Joel Abel, who, of course, along with his wife, Jules, were the leaders of Hillsong Australia for some 20 years, and in the last few years, moved out of that role and have moved in. He's now the leader for Oceana for Convoy of Hope. Joel, it is great to have with you to, you with us today. Thanks for joining me. Great to be here, Paul. Thanks for having me. There's probably a longer list there of things that you've done, but that does that you know summarise your life to date? Oh, what a summary! Fairly, <laughs> fairly short, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's been a, all of it's been a pleasure. Now you're a surfer. I am a surfer. I've seen you surf normally, but you've been surfing yeah. on this weird thing lately. Yes. Talk to us about that. Fill yeah, us in. It's called a foil, hydrofoil. Yeah. Um, it's basically a surfboard that is propped up with a mast and a wing underneath. Okay. So you don't really need a lot of swell. Do you start like pa- you paddle you first, you and do. then you? In fact, I was paddling just a couple of days ago. I was paddling next to someone who was on a like a more traditional surfboard. Yeah. And we were just paddling, chatting away, and they freaked out because they looked at me and, and looked underneath my board and, and saw this big black thing. And they thought, oh, what is that? I said, oh, it's okay. It's my foil. Wow. So So, it's very similar to a normal surfboard until you stand up. So, I mean, we're going to talk about rethinking now, but you rethought surfing. I did rethink it, yes. I'll tell you, it's been a massive adjustment mentally. Right. Physically. So it's a lot more physically taxing than surfing on on a foil. Um, It's a much bigger workout. Cardio has increased. My leg strength has increased. Right. Which is great. But what's fascinating is trying to transition back to my surfboard is quite difficult. Yeah, right. Oh, that's yeah, you know that's perfect enough. for our our unlearning journey that we talk about. You know, we've used this concept of the backward bike ah. and the idea that once you learn how to ride that bike backwards, you can never ride, ride the original one the same way. So good is that, thought. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, apparently. Yeah, well, I've been foiling now for eighteen months, and I struggle to surf on my other surfboards. Wow. Yeah, in fact, I've and you've been surfing all your life. I've been surfing for thirty-eight years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a great example of what it what it means to rethink things. Hey Joel, so obviously 20 years at Hillsong, that alone is a massive, an abrupt about face, change of life, yeah, different yeah, lifestyle. Totally. But hey, at the same time, uh, you know, you had some family celebrations, uh, yeah. weddings, etc. But yeah. you had grief and loss. Your mum passed away yeah, right. uh, during that time as well. And not only that, you moved to Queensland. Yes. So I can't think of a person that I know that's had more change in one frame of life. Yeah. How is that? personally impacted and changed you? Oh, wow. It was big. Um, you know, dealing with everything coming out of Hillsong, just relationships, undoing so many relationships is huge um, and missing people. And then, you know, the highs of Harmony and Nat getting married and then the lows of mum passing away um, and then moving. Like we yeah. moved to Queensland to look after my mum when she got yeah. sick and then she died while we were there. So it's been huge. It really yeah. has. I think it's helped me to slow down you know whenever you have these moments in life if you're at a funeral or at a wedding and you get these moments where you all of a sudden realize this is what life's all about right well i had several of those moments in a very short period of time and so it's helped me to reframe some things and rethink in your language and just say what do i want the rest of my life to be yeah and what do i want it to look like and i don't want it to be fast i don't want it to be rushed 
Yeah. I want to be able to do everything the Lord requires of us. And I want to be able to do it with gratitude. And I want to be present. And I want to be here, wherever that is. A and rethinking of your soul, almost. Yeah. And we have a different pace these days. Not just because we live on the Gold Coast <laughs> and I get to surf every day. Oh, don't brag about it. But I, I think it's changed because I've changed. Yeah. I really do. And, I've, and I, I've got no problem having a different pace and slowing things down. Would you say you're healthier all round? Yeah, yeah. I'm the healthiest I've been in a long time, emotionally, physically, yeah. spiritually, yeah, I would. It's a, it's a good point. I often, myself, am, I'm worried about the pace of church. Yes. I, it's and almost, the demand. The demand. Yeah. It's like what Jesus has asked us to do requires a, like a slower... Um, an investment of our soul that speed does not It doesn't fit. allow. Speed does not allow. They're like opposites things. or something. I mean, discipleship, you can't do that quickly, right? So yeah. none of these things, speed does not allow any of these things to take place. But if, if the main thing you want in life is to grow something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, then you are going to have to work harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. You've got to figure out how to let go of that. And that is a challenge. Well, while we're on that, can I ask you a, a trick question, you know, where known uh, not only in my church but through thank god it's monday and the way we're talking about rethink it today um can you explain the church without mentioning sunday oh look that's always a hard thing to do isn't it because for the last 30 years or so we've all been focused on that word that i'm not allowed to mention at the moment um but i would say the church i would actually like to use two different words i think we've grown up into an era where church has become quite centered around that one day and around yeah. really just an hour or two on that day whereas i think a better word to use would be kingdom and so yeah. you know jesus said when people ask you where is it don't go running after there or go over here or think you've got to fly overseas or it's around the corner it's here because it's within you it's in your heart and so i think church should be something that is in us that we are so we are the church we're the body of christ and so there does need to be a gathering there's a gathering of the people who are walking towards Jesus and becoming like him. But the church should exist everywhere in our society. Mm. We, don't, we don't all live at the building where church is. We don't all do work at the building where the church is. So church for me would be, it's a group of people who are in relationship with Jesus, all heading that same direction. Mm. And through their everyday life, trying to be a light or an influence to everyone that's in their sphere mm. of influence. Would you say that you have rethought your own meaning about the church in the last two or three years? Has that adjusted? I mean, I mean, you've got that central thought, um, but are there some sharp yeah. thoughts that have changed? You'd like, I just don't think that way anymore, or? Um, st still maintain a strong love for the local church. Very passionate about it. I think if any thoughts have changed, it's more, I'm willing to ask, Jesus, are we doing today what you always intended us to do? Yep. That, that's the question I'm asking. And whilst I wholeheartedly believe in the gathering, I think there should be a gathering, but I think the gathering should be the back end of all of our processes, right. not the front end. I think we've been really good the last 30 odd years of making everything start on Sunday. And then we try and commission you to the rest of your world. Whereas I think maybe what we should be doing is we're already commissioned. And so we live our lives for Christ in our community, in every sphere of influence. And then we gather back regularly to celebrate what God's done in and through us. Mm. So I think 
the local church, absolutely. But I don't think it's, it shouldn't be only Sunday. I think if we can keep the emphasis that we've done the last 30 years on Sunday, if we can somehow not lose that emphasis, let's now put emphasis on every other day and maybe switch it up so that Sunday or, or Saturday, whatever your gathering day is, that is a result and a celebration of everything the church has been actively doing. And when I say church, I mean the members of it. I mean the yeah. people. What the people have been doing every day and every moment of their waking life, we get together and we gather and we celebrate and we thank God for what he's been doing. Sounds like there needs to be new measures. One of the things that um, uh, we've talked a lot about through the rethinking thought mm. um, in fact, I've had this statement going through my head that we've almost got an imperial measure, which, by the way, in Australia, maybe if you're <laughs> overseas, you're still doing imperial feet, inches, pounds. Yeah. But in 1967, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Australia got rid of pounds, feet, inches, yep. Yep. and replaced it with centimeters, meters, Six millimeters, yep. kilometers. Yep. But it feels like sometimes the church is in that imperial mode. Mm. But my understanding would be Jesus is more of a metric guy. Mm. And I mean that by saying, do you think there's some old measures that have to go? You just described the church as a seven day a week thing. What would some of the new measures, how would we measure yeah, that's good. the future church? Yeah, church? I mean, firstly, we've got to be careful with you know, saying that Jesus is a metric guy because he's not new. He's before imperial. Right. So yeah, you yeah. Know, he transcends yeah, all yeah. of that. Oh, now you're confusing me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and I think rightly so, potentially. I mean, I don't want to throw everything out. Like, I was the guy that invented the, the dashboard gauges yeah. and tried to create a measurement so that you could have a conversation. And it got turned into a legalistic thing where people were writing their staff members and their volunteers if they right. weren't getting the right results. Right, yeah. So anything that we come up with next, if that was Imperial, for example, which was yeah. really about Sunday service attendance and about the offering count and about small groups and about volunteerism... And those types of things. So if that is the imperial and we're heading towards a metric, um, we've, we've got to figure out how to measure health. We've got to figure out how to measure spirituality. We've got to figure out how yeah. to measure uh, Christ-likeness and the fruit of the Spirit and the things that actually heaven measures us all the time by. Right. But we are in danger of making the new metric a slave yeah. with which we will demand certain results from people. So I think the issue is in all of that, why do we need to measure? Yeah, right. And yeah, it must be to do with our sense of worth a bit, doesn't it? If we can put a number on something, mm. it probably gives us value. Look, you and I have both been in the church for many years and I, I've led through difficult times. So I've led in growth and I've yeah. led in decline. Yeah. But I, tell you, I feel pretty, I don't know about you, but in those times of decline and I'm in a conference room or a room full of pastors... I don't feel safe hmm. to communicate. I've just lost 200 people or I'm 200 less than last time we talked, which is a shame because that's normal yeah. church life, right? At some point, you're going to have highs and lows and growths and declines, and yeah. all, particularly in the last two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. What would you say to pastors who, in the last two years, um, are coming back to church, as we would say, yeah. but as we're hearing in the stats, 30 to 40% of people are only coming back, the rest have decided either not to, moved on, mm. or you're sort of somewhere in the middle. What would you say to pastors who are feeling the yeah. weight of that? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say two things. Firstly, it's got to be a real encouragement to some of those churches that are smaller in size because it's happening to everyone, Yeah. right? So, that, so churches, no matter what the size, big, small, medium, 
that everyone's suffering this same thing. So everyone's feeling like, where is everyone? So at least you've got to feel like when you walk into a room with other pastors, no one should be looking at me weird. Because if anything, we could look at you weird, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's, it's leveled everyone. It's, it's, le- it's level playing field. But yeah. instead of focusing on the negative, I would say, um, it, you know, we're talking about rethink it, right? So yeah. rethink the way we're talking about measures and we've measured so carefully the Sunday service attendance. So we would instantly think, well, if they're not here on a Sunday, they're not part of my church, which is not true. No. I mean, Kerry Newhoff did that podcast a little while ago. Fantastic and talking about everyone that, not everyone that's in your church is everyone who's left your church. Yeah. You know, not, not just because people aren't here doesn't mean they've left. They're, they're still here. Yeah. So we've got to get better at connecting with people that don't attend a building. Yeah. And if we can figure out how to draw a sling a big lasso around the faith community, whether they're in the building or not in the building, then we become what a good friend of mine, Aussie Dave, Dave Adamson, is talking about the meta church. And the meta church is really getting away from only counting Sunday services. Mm. So it's you, you build a faith community that has everyone who does turn up to a Sunday service. When we were leading Hillsong, we figured out people were coming. You had your people that came every week, and then you had your fortnightly, and every third week, every fourth or fifth week. And you, know, you work all that out, and you can basically take your average attendance, say it's 100, then you could add another 50% of that, and then you get another 50% of that. So 100% yeah, right. plus 50 plus 25 would be the average size of your church. Yeah. But we're still not counting the people that are loosely connected to your yeah, community. Right. So what I would say to pastors right now in this season is stop focusing on who hasn't returned, figure out how to connect and fill, create a safe place for people who have not returned to in-person, but pastor those that haven't returned because they're still part of your community. Yeah. In fact, if you could reverse this question, and we could get out into the community and we could get in touch with people in the homes that haven't yet returned to in-person gathering and ask them, so what church do you go to? They would say Lighthouse. Mm. When was the last time you attended an in-person gathering? Oh, not for months. Mm. But Lighthouse is my church. Yeah. So what we need to do is figure out how to keep those people feeling like, I also agree that you are part mm. of our church. Right. Not yeah. just they think that. Yeah. Otherwise, we're, we could be in danger of cutting people off prematurely yeah and case in point which is why your measurement has to change it's got to change because pastors we only measure when people come to us it's wrong and it's wrong it's yeah very it's selfish. true hey i want to throw another one out there you of course have a a, a famous son-in-law nat who plays for the roosters go the roosters. go the roosters but it also makes me think about spheres we often talk about spheres and yeah. you know in any church we've got business people artists sports stars educators yeah. medical people etc yeah. etc we love the spheres. um what do they need to hear from pastors, do you think, in uh, 2022 that gives them a sense of confidence for the world they're living in? That You know, we talk about the church has changed, but yeah. the world has changed. Yeah, and sure. what what can us guys that are leading people on the, that are at the grassroots level in everyday jobs, how do we encourage them? Uh, encourage them to be Jesus in their sphere. So, you know, people like Nat and others, what they need to hear is that you don't, you're not you're not fully a Christian only when you come to church on Sunday. Yep. You you are a Christian wherever you go. So uh, we we gather because we want to celebrate what God's been doing, and we gather because we want to see other people in the family of faith. Um, but we're we're commissioned every week. We're out in the community. So so the church gathers and she scatters. And when she scatters, mm. uh, all those people who are scattering, like footy players and models and secretaries and flight attendants and you know whatever sphere people are in 
what they need to know is that they are actually the church. Mm. So just be like Jesus in their community. And Jesus mm. taught us how to live. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the character and nature of Christ. And so all those things, the more, the more we are like Jesus, the more we have love and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and humility and self-control flowing from our lives, the more we are honoring the God that we worship. And we mm. be that in our community. Mm. We, we don't... We, the last thing people need to hear is is to be you don't want to be, you don't want to feel bad because you missed a Sunday because you were in the grand final, yeah. Or you know, the, the the roster changed and you know I mean in the NRL sometimes they're playing on Sundays, Saturdays, Fridays. Like it, it's all different days. And if you can't get to church because of your work, you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't feel bad that you weren't there. Shouldn't define because, your Christianity, yeah. right? Because because being a Christian is not Sunday at ten a.m. No. And being a Christian is not church. I am the church. Yeah. And so give me a reason to gather. Inspire mm. me to gather. Inspire mm. me to be part of this faith community and encourage me and empower me to be like Christ in my community. Yeah. The Bible says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Mm. So as we scatter, the church is everywhere in every sphere. Mm. It's good. Hey, uh, final question. And we I mentioned this at the start because you're part of Convoy of Hope. Yeah. And uh, actually, even as I hear you talk, you're a helps person. And this is a perfect fit for you, actually. And I can hear your passion when you talk about Convoy of Hope. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about it? But also, what are you most excited about for the future of Convoy of Hope for you and what you see them doing? Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, I mean, Convoy of Hope is a humanitarian organization. We're, We're global. We started in the U.S., and Jules and I have been given the opportunity to start it up and lead it in this part of the world, in the Oceania region. So it's very unknown in Australia. We, we've got to create a bit of an awareness campaign. Um, but we respond to natural disasters, uh, which we seem to have a lot of. And we're in the middle of having to go home like, straight after this. We, we, we need to go home and respond to one that's happening right now. Um, some of those are natural, some of them are man-made, wars and different things that happen around the world tragic where people find themselves vulnerable marginalized poor and then we've got a whole lot of program work so we do women's empowerment programs in different nations around the world and here in australia we do children's feeding programs there's agriculture programs where we train farmers to work the land and to provide food and um, different things for their villages and and things like that so it's really um, coming alongside local churches in order to help them transform their communities so the future really um, we want to help bend the heart of the church towards the poor. Uh, one of the things that saddened me during COVID was I rang around a number of churches, and whilst a lot got on board, and we we fed, you know, we put three hundred eighty thousand meals out together just on the east coast of Australia during co- the beginning of COVID. Um, a lot of pastors were more focused on trying to get their online up and running, and it was the beginning of the pandemic. But you know that many churches said, oh, "We don't know anyone that's in need in our community," mm. um, which which is, you know, it's bad, but all it says is we're so focused on running our business called church that we're not aware of actually the needs in our community. Yeah. And there are needs. There are needs everywhere. Now, we live in a great country, Australia. We're super blessed, quite prosperous, but there's a lot of need here still. And every church has the opportunity to reach the need in its own backyard, its local mm. community. So the future for us in Convoy is to come alongside as many churches as we can, help you turn your church inside out, Go rethink it so that it's not just a Sunday experience, it's an everyday experience and it's empower your people to reach the needs of the community because they're the ones that are on the front line. 
That's good. Well, it's been so great, Joel, to have you here, particularly on our rethinking journey and most importantly being part of our podcast. Looking forward to hearing, seeing, watching uh, this partnership we have, all of us who know that right now the world's changed, so the church needs to change. Right. And in order to be the most effective we can be, we have to rethink think some things. And we so appreciate you today, Joel. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Rethink It. For more, visit rethinkit.com.au. That's re-thinkit.com.au. Or follow Paul on Instagram at Paul E. Bartlett.